If we turn in God's word, please, to the Philippians, the epistle to the Philippians, and the chapter 2. In this epistle, the apostle refers to the cross. Now, he refers to the cross in a number of ways, but that expression, the cross, occurs twice. And its first occurrence is in chapter 2 and the verse 8. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So there is the death of the cross. And in this portion, the apostle has been looking at the steps of the humiliation of Christ from being equal with God, coming down into the world as a servant, humbling himself, becoming obedient unto death. But he doesn't stop at the word death. He has to describe the nature of that death. It's the death of the cross. And notice the word even. Even the death of the cross. He is bringing out how awful that final step was. That there was something really deep in that. That it was a really deep condescension when it went down to the very bottom rung of the ladder and you could go no lower, no lower than the death of the cross. So the apostle here is setting forth the extent of the humiliation of Jesus Christ. It's not just death, but the lowest death. Not an ordinary death. One of the most awful deaths a man could experience. Impalement. Death being fixed to a tree. It is a slow death. Now I know that the Lord was only six hours on the cross because he gave himself. But normally the death of the cross is a very slow and lingering death. His death was hastened by his own sacrifice and also by the terrible scourging that he received prior to it. Men could live days on the cross. They could lift themselves up on the stand on the cross and push themselves up so that they could breathe. They constantly had to do that to raise themselves, to get the air, to be able to breathe. But they could carry that out for as long as they had strength and that could last for days. And to hasten on death, you have to break their legs so that they can't lift themselves up so that they can breathe. And they die quickly by suffocation then. But they didn't have to break the Lord's legs. But it was a slow death. A very slow death. And it's also a very violent death. Very violent. Very bloody. The hands are pierced. The feet are pierced. His head was crowned with thorns. His back was lacerated with the scourge. So it it had all the hallmarks of violence and bloodshedding and it was horrific, horrific to watch and then it was a painful death because every nerve was affected all the joints were affected the body was under great stress by very many means and then the heat of the sun the dehydration, the loss of blood, the pain of the impalement uh, the pain and trying to raise yourself to breathe, the struggle to breathe. 
It was just pain in all different directions. Even the death of the cross. A most painful death. And then it was a shameful death. He was between two thieves. Uh, No Roman citizen, uh, I don't think, could be given a, a crucifixion like this. It was a criminal's death, an outcast's death. It was a death usually in nakedness or near nakedness. Exposure to the elements and to the people. Uh, and you trying to struggle to breathe. and Oh, there's just shame in many different manners. Feeling embarrassed. and It was horrific because of that. And then it was a cursed death. He was suspended between heaven and earth. Impalement is like being rejected by heaven and being rejected by earth. God allowing the impaled to die thus and the earth lifting up thus the one to die. Cursed is he that hangeth on a tree and dies thus. And the Lord Jesus was made a curse for us. So it's the cursed death of the cross, the painful death of the cross, the shameful death of the cross, the slow agonizing death of the cross. And this shows us the measure of our sinfulness. It really shows how deep our sin is. Christ died the death of the cross for the ungodly. It was the ungodly. And the atonement, while it is a great mystery, It requires this lowest of depths into which Jesus Christ had to descend. Even the death of the cross because even so were our sins wicked. So it's the measure of our depravity that the Lord had to suffer the death of the cross. And then this shows also the measure of his love. Because who would voluntarily suffer that? Who would dare do that in the place of others? None would choose it, except it was chosen as sacrifice and for others. And we know that that was the case of Jesus Christ. That having loved his own, he laid down his life for them. And it was his love that made him go to this extent. Even the death Of the cross. And so it's an unmeasurable love. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we think about that here. At the table. The broken body. The shed blood. The very symbols tell us. Even the death of the cross. They tell us his great love. And they tell us our great sinfulness. And our depravity. The other reference is in chapter 3. And the verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often. And now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. And so we had the death of the cross. And now we have the enemies of the cross. Now it is amazing that such a cross work. That going down even to the death of the cross. That such a measurable love should have enemies. This is why Paul weeps, even the death of the cross, and yet there are the enemies to that. Even weeping, I'm saying that. How unthinkable it should be that there would be enemies of such love and of such a work. But there are. There are the enemies of the cross. And that there are enemies 
That shows how depraved men are. That shows how dark sinners are. That shows how ungodly they are. How much an enmity to the Lord they must be. If they are enemies of the cross. The cross. And so their judgment is just. Whenever men are willing to be enemies of such love and of the cross. But I'm not talking about the enemies of the cross tonight, congregation. Enemies imply friends. So there are the enemies of the cross, but there are also the friends of the cross. And we are the friends of the cross. And we sit here as the friends of the cross of our dear Lord Jesus Christ. We remember his death and we remember the cross as friends. And that's what friends of the cross do. They remember. They keep the feast. They keep the Lord's table. They're the friends and they remember the cross and they want to remember the death. They want to understand it. That's another thing that friends do. They want to understand his cross. They want to understand what it was that he suffered. They want to enter into why he suffered. And they want to try to comprehend how his sufferings atoned for their sins. They want to study the cross. The friends study the cross. The friends not only study the cross, they believe the cross. While they cannot explain the atonement, and they cannot comprehend why it deals with sin and all of that, nevertheless they believe that it does. And they rest and trust in it. They rest and trust in the cross. The friends trust in the cross. And the friends also are humbled by the cross. And so we are to be humble saints because he humbled himself even to the cross. So how could we be proud? The enemies of the cross are proud. The enemies of the cross are arrogant. But not the friends of the cross. The friends of the cross have been humbled by the cross. And yet... They glory in the cross too. The enemy says it's a shame, butcher shop religion. Oh, it's a disgrace that that should ever even be ascribed unto God, the cross work. But we glory in the cross. We see it is the love of God freely given to us in the sacrifice of Christ and in the blood that he shed. So the friends, they glory in it and they're thankful for it as well. The friends thank the Lord for the cross. And this is a, a Eucharist. It's a Thanksgiving feast as well. When we give thanks to the Lord. For his death for us. And the friends. Proclaim the cross. Isn't that the motto text on our church? We preach Christ crucified. We preach the cross. We proclaim the cross. We are the friends of the cross. We in this Lord's table as the friends are, are showing forth the cross until he comes. So it is for these reasons that we sit here as friends and we show ourselves as friends by all of these things. And so the Lord laid down his life for his friends. The friends of his person and the friends of his cross. And we thank him that he did and we pray that he will make us worthy and make us like himself and help us also to walk as he walked. So to the Lord Jesus we give all glory and to us may he give all grace.